All right, it is first in news, Connor Taylor, Mark Schoenster, Ethan Collins. Last week we did biggest needs for every AFC team. This week we're doing biggest needs for every NFC team. And one of the biggest needs for a team was the Cowboys at quarterback. They finally got their guy. They, they had their guy, but they finally said, let's do a deal. What were you guys takeaways from this huge contract for Dak Prescott? I mean, I'm well, really I mean, surprised that they uh, went didn't go with the franchise tag. I, I I'm actually really surprised that they went with a deal this time. You know, four, four years, 160 million. That's a lot of money to pay a quarterback. I believe 122 of it million is guaranteed. I don't know the exact particulars on that, but uh, uh, to tell you the truth, um, if he's the long-term fix, especially if he seems like he's 100 percent and uh, that ankle injury doesn't seem to slow him down too much, and he returns to how he was playing before the injury, I think he's worth that kind of money, uh, personally, it, especially for the Cowboys. They, they need some leadership uh, behind their offensive uh, uh, powerhouses, uh, I guess you could say the weapons that he has, because uh, Andy Dalton is pretty much the, a, a wasted quarterback uh, for the talent that uh, these wide receivers and Ezekiel Elliott is still a uh, very good running back in the league. So I'm uh, very happy they got this deal done. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of money also for, um, for a guy like Dak Prescott. I mean, he, he definitely showed some flashes this past season, but it, it, that's still an astounding, a lot of money for a quarterback that, I mean, I don't know if he's in that that tier yet of guys like Russell Wilson and guys like Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. He has a high-powered offense. They're going to score a lot of points this next season. Um, even wrong, but that is – I just think that's, that's quite a bit of a, a cap hit for a guy that I think needs the good pieces around him. I mean, what happens a couple years from now when C.D. Lamb – it needs to not be on a rookie contract anymore when you're trying to resign some of your O-linemen or Zeke or, or anybody else when you're trying to retain all that talent. I mean, it's found that for the most part, signing your quarterback to a huge contract is detrimental to your team because then you can't build around the person. Um, I feel like there are only very few exceptions to that case where it, it pans out. And Dak Prescott, I think, is someone who needs to have the team around him. And uh, I just think that this – may in the long run hurt the Cowboys or he steps up and he proves his worth. But uh, uh, I don't the case. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, uh, sorry to budge in here, but uh, we've seen Tom Brady restructure his deal to uh, take kind of a, uh, a less contract to uh, build some talent around him. And now Pat Mahomes is uh, asking to restructure his deal and not pay him as much money so that they can build talent around him because obviously they released two offensive linemen contracts. Uh, this contract sounds like a lot of money, but at the same time, uh, I feel like Dak is unselfish enough in his personality and uh, his will to win that he could definitely restructure this deal. If he wants to stay in Dallas and he wants to uh, make the Cowboys more successful that he can take a restructured deal with less money and build some more talent around him when they need to pay these guys. I mean, is, is that, would that be a fair assessment to say on Dak? I mean, it seems like it's just an option everybody has, which almost takes away the purpose of contracts. If you could just scrap them to the side and make a new one. But I mean, 
you know, you have a point there. It gets to the point where you wonder just how much the, these players are actually going to get paid when all is said and done. They're going to get paid a lot of money one way or the other. They're going to have a wealthy sum of money in their back pocket, um, which, which makes you think then on the flip side of that, I mean, this is just me answering the question with maybe another question, and that's how much of this contract is just a, a public statement uh, of – declaring their believed worth of Dak Prescott. If, if everyone's just going to restructure their contract behind closed doors later uh, or not behind closed doors, but not with the same sort of publicity that something like 140 million screams across uh, on Twitter, uh, then is there the only point to it is just to, to gain that traction, that publicity. I don't know if everyone's continually restructuring their contracts each year. And I remember reading that too, when Mahomes got his, that people are like, this is going to stick the chiefs uh, down for 10 years. But then just like that, everyone mentioned that players restructure their contracts all the time. Drew Brees took some, uh, took some cap, uh, took some cuts. So then they could keep players in new Orleans. Tom Brady has done it ever since he's been in the NFL. It, I can't see. And now that you bring that up, what really is the purpose of these uh, super record-breaking deals if they're not actually going to make the amount of money that's uh, allotted in the original deal? I think it goes a lot to the fact of what makes a player untouchable. You know, it, it, when you sign these contracts, you say, this is our guy, and if you want to sign him, guess what? This is how much he's worth. And, uh, you know, Mark and I are soccer guys, and it's, it's kind of like slapping a release clause on a player, a ridiculous amount of money. So that way that nobody is going to pay uh, that release clause uh, to take over the contract for the player. It, it, I, I like what you said there, Mark, about uh, showing what Dak Prescott uh, kind of means to the franchise and what it means to the NFL uh, in terms of restructuring a deal. So, I really think that uh, he's not going to get paid this entire sum of money throughout his four years. Cause I agree. If the Cowboys want to be successful, they're going to have to pay Amari Cooper. They're going to have to pay CD lamb and they're going to have to get a better defense around uh, to uh, help out Dak Prescott and get a better offensive line for him. So and it, I would be very shocked if he lives to see all $160 million over the next four years. I think it's just rare in general for NFL players to get their uh, contracts completely guaranteed. I mean, we, and compared to the NBA, I mean, pretty much all contracts are guaranteed now. I mean, ironically, one of the only QBs that have found a way to get a fully guaranteed contract is Kirk Cousins somehow. But I think most players don't end up finding their, they don't end up earning most of their money over time. They end up getting cut, released because the cap in the NFL is weird. It's basically non-existent. We learn it over and over again. The New Orleans Saints tell us that every single year that it doesn't exist. I mean, they just franchise Tad uh, Marcus Williams, I believe. But one more thing on Dak I want to ask you guys is, why didn't they sign him, extend him last year? I mean, the QB market just continues to rise. If you're going to pay him this much, it doesn't make sense not to sign him earlier. I mean, there's not a time, at least since we've been watching football, where the QBs are just going to continuously get paid more and more and more, where it's your best option is to sign them now, not wait. Well, I think that um, on that note, remember what we were talking about, Dak, last season. I think the idea 
everyone last year didn't think Dak was a top tier quarterback yet. And I think they were trying to, to prove to Dak that he wasn't worth the money he thought he was worth. And then you started the four, the first four weeks of the season and he was dropping 400 yards a game and like three to four to five touchdowns every game. And uh, I think that was a gamble on Jerry Jones and the Cowboys part thinking that they could show Dak that, Hey, this is less about you and more about the team. And we don't think you're worth the money you're asking for, but now they can't exactly say that because I mean, he balled out for the first four few games of the season, got hurt. And then the Cowboys fell flat on their face. And uh, honestly, I think it was a, a failed gamble and a failed bet by the uh, Cowboys ownership. Moving on to, to the needs section. Is there, is there any other needs you guys think? I know, I know it's probably offense. It feels like that's pretty good, solid. They got weapons, got their QB on the defensive side. What kind of needs do you think this Cowboys team is in need of heading into the offseason? Well, they gave up a lot of yards. And uh, I, I think uh, in, in terms of the secondary is probably their most needed positions, maybe a couple defensive linemen. Um, I know a lot of people have said that the offensive line is a big position of need because, you know, if they can protect Dak Prescott, then why did he get hurt? But I think this Cowboys offensive line is better than people think. This is not a team that is going to spend their first round pick on a offensive lineman. I think they're going to go secondary, uh, more specifically the uh, corner position. And then they'll probably go into that uh, defensive lineman. And then in the later rounds, probably get some offensive linemen. I don't think that the first string is that bad. It's just the depth of the offensive line on the Cowboys uh, is what hurts them. So I think they'll probably restructure some depth in the offensive line in the upcoming draft as well. We spent like 10 minutes talking about the Cowboys, so I'll be brief. I think corner is the biggest need. The offensive line was hurt last year, and one freak injury doesn't mean an offensive line is bad. So that's that is uh, at the back end. You want to build up your defense, and then if you have an extra pick or so, and maybe in the O line uh, in the draft, then maybe you can bolster some depth. But this is this offensive line is fine. I've got I I said defensive line. I thought that was a big need. The Cowboys allowed two point three yards per carry before first contact on average. That's before anyone even touches the person somehow. And that was a over a half a yard before worse than anyone other team out there. So I think it's just the defensive side. The offense will probably be fine. And you point out Mark that that offensive line was injured last year, but let's move on to the giants. I think wide receivers, a pretty big need. I mean, the offense ranked 31st overall in 2020. And I mean, the only team worse than that on offense was the New York jets. And that's not a place you want to be near them. And I think uh, maybe Kenny Galladay would help them a lot. I think they need a number one option. I mean, they got rid of – they let Golden Tate go. So, I think that's probably an area that they could definitely improve upon. You know, I have to say this. As much as I see that wide receiving core and think it's an issue, I think there are much bigger pressing issues that are more detrimental to them than the core. Because the wide receiving core is more of a luxury – position group than it is a necessity um and you've got guys like Darius Slayton and Sterling serviceable the offensive line has been a problem for years now and it's still a problem and the biggest issue is is some of these high round picks that they have utilized in the past are not panning out 
And so they need to continue to try to figure out what to do at the offensive line, whether they think they can just wait it out and let these guys figure it out since they wasted first, second round picks on them remains to be seen, but you got to figure it out at offensive line. And then I think your linebacking core and your cornerback group could also uh, use some improvement. There's some talent there a little bit, but not a lot, especially at the linebacker position. Uh, they need some help there. And then should there be a late round or then maybe take a flyer on that. But uh, I just worry that he's in wide receiver right now. This Giants roster is not in the best of shape. I'm, I'm going to go the opposite direction and say that they uh, do need a wide receiver. I, I think their offensive line uh, lacks uh, a lot of depth, um, but the, uh, it shows signs of improvement. Uh, the defense, to me, even though that uh, some people say it's a position of need, the defense really bailed them out and kept them in some games despite uh, a lack of production on the offensive end. And, you know, I hate to say this because, uh, unfortunately, the guy came in with a target on his back and uh, has never uh, really thought that anybody, that he could live up to the hype in it that uh, the pick gave him. But when are the Giants going to say enough is enough with Daniel Jones? You know, it, it, it's going to start getting to the point to where if he doesn't show some significant progress, especially in this season, that they need to move on in the quarterback position. The team that did move on from the quarterback, Philadelphia Eagles, they got rid of Carson Wentz, big trade going to the Colts, but this team is, is depleted. I feel like they need a lot of areas. I mean, we've talked about injuries for the past three years, basically being their issues, but what, what are some areas they need to fill? I mean, they've, I think they've got a lot of areas they need to fill to get back to a Super Bowl team. Well, I think that they need to work on their linebacking core now. I mean, think look at the names. Nathan Gary, TJ Edwards, Duke Riley. That that's not, if you recognize any of those names, then you are an Eagles fan, most likely. But I think you really need some playmakers there. I also think you could need some help in the cornerback position. They allowed a lot of passing yards this past season, which is not typical eagles these past few years and, and then i think they need some help bolstering that old offensive line they were once again hurt a little bit last year and they still actually weren't the worst unit but you with the eagles you you, you need those important groups that get hurt the most when you get hurt hit by injuries there but like the o-line is one of the worst places to get injuries especially if you don't have the depth so i think you need to back that up and then maybe take a flyer on another wide receiver um Maybe Jalen Rager will 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 pan out, but he didn't exactly show too much this past season. And winning pick, especially when Justin Jefferson was on the board, when you could have taken him. Yeah, it, that that is a very good point, Mark. You know, the uh, wide receiver is obviously the biggest position of need, but uh, you can fill that in one pick um, in the first round, and you can pick uh, Devonte Smith uh, if. Uh, if Jamar Chase is available, you could take him as well. Jalen Waddle as well. It, it, there's so many good guys that they will have available for them at wide receiver, but they need to just pick one. And if they like a guy in the later rounds, maybe they can take him as well. But this is a old team. And, and, and I mean that in like the average age of, of each player on this team is very, very high. And they need to get some younger guys uh, to help them. The reason why they haven't that the reason why that they haven't uh, done the linebacker position is because they don't value the linebacker position. The, the GM has come out and said multiple times 
that they don't value the uh, particular position of linebacker. So that's why their linebacking core is bad. So they won't address that issue anywhere come in the draft. Football team, it feels like they need quarterback. Obviously, don't really know what direction they're going to go in that area. Defense feels pretty good on that side. I mean, they're the reason they made the playoffs, even though it was in the NFC East. Nothing to be excited about. But I think we're we're looking at quarterback from this side, and I, I think that's really their biggest missing piece. But I don't I don't know where they go with quarterback, to be completely honest, if they are able to find it this offseason, their their guy for the future. Yeah, Connor. Well, I don't think they just... can find it in the draft. Yeah, okay, sorry. sorry. Ahead, we, we both kind of piped in at the same time there. Um, Connor, I think that uh, I was kind of disappointed that the football team weren't able to acquire some free agent in the offseason, and they're losing Alex Smith because it seems that bridge is being burned. Um, Taylor Heineke, as fantastic as he was in that game against Tampa, I don't think that he's the long-term solution or even the next season solution for the football team. And that's a shame because you've got – I mean, they were seven and nine, but that was a playoff football team last year. And, and they, it took a while for them to get together and they needed to find a quarterback who could keep it consistent because it wasn't Dwayne Haskins. And I think he was actively holding that team down. And, and so you, you just would hope that they could find something. Maybe they will trade up in the draft because defensively they're fine. Maybe you could add some depth. Uh, and then on the offensive side of the ball, you could use another playmaker at receiver or at running back one or the other to, to make it better. But their offensive line is really good. And you just need the quarterback. You just need the guy to, to steer the ship. And so it, it is a shame that they weren't able to get their hands on a Stafford or even a Jared Goff or even, uh, I don't know. They could still get a Sam Darnold. They could, they could potentially get Sam Darnold. And I think that's not a bad, that's not a bad fit for them. Um, so the fact of the matter is, is they need that quarterback because this is a team that could win the division again next year. I know the Cowboys are going to be the favorite next season and, uh, rightfully so with that Prescott coming back, but the football team have a great defense and the offense isn't that bad either. When you actually have a functioning quarterback, someone who isn't coming off a, a near death experience or is, you know, Dwayne Haskins or Taylor Heineke. So we'll see where we go with this, uh, with the football team, but uh, they need, they need the guy. They need the captain. When you look at the position that they're in, in the draft, uh, the Washington football team, the best that I could see them picking a quarterback, especially in the first round is a guy like Kyle Trask. And I don't think Kyle Trask is a franchise quarterback, especially in week one of this NFL season. So I think they need to go into the free agency uh, or trade market. They need to find an experienced quarterback. I like Sam Darnold. I think he could be the guy. And then you just get him targets to throw to. I think they need a little bit more wide receiver. But that defense is fantastic. I mean, absolutely fantastic. It it single-handedly got him into uh, it the playoffs and they kept it close with the Buccaneers for about three and a half quarters. So this is a team that is a quarterback away from being a divisional leader year in and year out with probably the Cowboys. I mean, this, this division fluctuates uh, so much and so heavily, but uh, once you get into the playoffs, 
it's guns a blazing and you have a shot. And this is a defense that could keep you in any game with any offense. And I really think that with a quarterback that can exploit the weapons that they have on this team and the underrated weapons that they have on this team, it could possibly be a dark horse Super Bowl contender. I'll I'll say that. And I think if you got another weapon besides besides Scary Terry. I think you could, I mean, there's options and wide receivers, tight ends, this free agency. And I think you could see a lesser QB be able to have good weapons like a Sam Darnold in a way better situation than he was ever in the Jets. But let's move on to the NFC North. We got to get over the Packers really quick because my, my mind is only focused on the Aaron Jones news that was just announced seconds ago. Uh, we're recording this on Sunday and I won't be able to talk about other stuff because just my brain won't work that way. But he signed for a four-year deal worth $48 million for the Packers, including a $13 million signing bonus. And then according to Schefter, Aaron would have signed for more in free agency, but wanted to stay in Green Bay. I think this is a pretty big signing for the Packers. Obviously, I'm not always the biggest person on signing uh, running backs, but it's not breaking the bank. I mean, it's not the most expensive running back you're going to pay out there and I think he does a lot for the offense so I'm pleased I know I'm biased but what were your guys's unbiased takes from this uh just hearing it right now I mean I think that's a great deal that's I mean 48 million that I was thinking that he was probably going to get signed for more elsewhere and and lo and behold like you just said I I mean I'm I'm reacting to this at this very moment because I just now got the notification uh, I think that's I think that's awesome for the Packers, especially since he wants to be there. He wants to win. Uh, I think that's a great spot uh, for him to stay in. And uh, I mean, I, I said that I think this Packers team needs playmakers and to keep Baron Jones. He's a playmaker. Uh, so I think that's one check mark. I think their wide receiving core or their front seven could also use a playmaker of some sort, because this is a roster that, I mean, was relatively unchanged from the year before and they were and so and they made two nfc championship trips which means you just need another guy or two to make something happen in the playoffs and then you win those games and go to the super bowl i think a lot of people know uh what the fans want and they want wide receivers that's probably what aaron Rodgers wants uh in this draft uh like uh, like you said aaron jones is a is a, another great signing for this team and the thing about it is, is that I think this team is going to start rallying around to uh, give Aaron Rodgers some help because let's face it, the guy probably has uh, five years, maybe less uh, left of his prime in the NFL. And I think the offensive line is pretty good. I, I would say that it's not, it's certainly not a position of need, but uh, wide receiver to me, is the biggest position you need because they need uh, guys uh, to throw the ball Aaron Rodgers to. Definitely think wide receiver is a need. I think I'd rather see us fill in defensive line. I'm not sure where. I think I'd rather get a guy beside uh, Kenny Clark just to help him out in the, in the middle area. I think we got the edge rushers down okay. Zadarius Smith, Rashawn Gary came on late, and then Preston Smith uh, restructured his deal. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but I think wide receiver would be nice, but with the cap and then signing Jones, I'm, I'm scared what we could do, but maybe we'll draft one. I doubt it though. And another interesting thing, uh, real quick, sorry to interrupt, but 
the Packers are in a really good position in the later rounds because they're, uh, you know, we talk about these teams that did really well in the postseason and stuff like that. They can pick probably third round or more, just the best available player. And, mm-hmm. and that's a really good tool to have. You know, you could uh, get a couple wide receivers in the first round, maybe an offensive tackle in the second. And then it just becomes, okay, who's the best available player? whether that be on the offensive side or the defensive side. And obviously, as long as it's not quarterback, you take them because that, uh, it, all they're going to do is help your team. So the, this is a very good position for the pa- Green Bay Packers to be in come offseason. The Bears, they keep on finding themselves in a position where they need a quarterback. They tried to solve it last year. They didn't. They went away from Trubisky, came back to Trubisky. I mean, Tr- Trubisky recorded twice as many turnover-worthy plays, his big-time throws this past season. And Foles wasn't much better. I mean, he passed for only 5.9 yards per attempt. That's not good at all. And I just – it's still quarterback, which it's got to suck as a Bears fan because this team has felt like everything's there except quarterback. There's a – I got a notification earlier that they're going to go apparently all in on Russell Wilson. We'll have to see if that – ends up happening or not i i kind of doubt that they're able to get the seahawks to budge on wilson but i mean what does this bears team need i think it's quarterback is there other areas as well you think they really need to go in all in on contract restructuring that's basically what they need to go in uh they uh they need a quarterback like you said uh they need to re-sign Allen robinson they need to pay khalil mack less money or get rid of him. That uh, that's that's all there is to it. Because this is a defense that is so good and so fun to watch, but the offense is so boring that I can't stand watching this team. Because th- this team is an offense away from being possibly one of the uh, the most exciting teams in the NFL. And uh, I really do think that the Chicago Bears are another one of those teams that are a quarterback away, maybe not from contending really in their division because they still have the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings can always give them trouble as well. But uh, from certainly being a wild card and a dark horse Super Bowl contender. And like I say, the Chicago Bears have never really had a good franchise quarterback, especially for multiple years. They can go all in on Russell Wilson all they want to, but the things that they are going to have to give up to get Russell Wilson is not going to help your team. It's going to probably hurt it. So with that being said, the best option that I can see for the Chicago Bears is to trade up in the draft to try and get a quarterback maybe in the first round. And if not, then you need to probably um, tank this year, uh, tank this year and restructure some contracts and then get a quarterback in next year's draft. Vikings. I think offensive line is a big one, especially guards. I mean, they got the weapons with Kirk Cousins. You got Dalvin Cook, wide receiver weapons. Obviously, defense needs some help as well. But I really want to sure up the offensive line and make sure that offense can be what it, what it should be fully. Yeah, I think that I was looking at the interior line is where they really need some help. Uh, I think Garrett Bradbury, it's only it was only year two for him. So I think you need to give him a little more time. Uh, But Ezra Cleveland, 
uh, didn't do too hot. Maybe you give him another year, uh, but then Dakota Dozier from the Jets and maybe even the left tackle or shot Hill. Uh, you might want to start thinking about replacing those guys. And then outside of the O-line, I think their front four is starting to really struggle, which is a shame because just like two years ago, they were, that was like a huge strength for this Vikings team, but they've practically lost all that talent. Uh, just this past season, tamed the talent in Yannick Ngakwe, and he's gone already. So uh, I think you need some help on the front four. And then I also think, and this may be a little bit weird to say, but I think they should also take a late round wide receiver because after Thielen and Jefferson, guy number three is Chad Beebe. And you, but I would rather have Chad Beebe be a guy that lines up in shotgun formation and that be just about it. Couldn't have said it better myself. Let's move on to the Lions. <laughs> the Lions, everything. I mean, they didn't even t- try to tag Kenny Galladay. I mean, it, that was weird. I was like, are they giving up? Or I know they got golf, but it seems like it really sucks because they're they're worse off than what they started with, Patricia. And I I think there's so so many needs. I mean, what do you guys think? What What are some big needs? There's a lot, but what are a couple of big needs you guys think the Lions need? I think you just need to go into this year and see what you have. Just go with what you have. If you suck, you suck. And that's just all there is to it about it. There is no expectations for this team. In all honesty, this is a team that next year, everybody's going to look at them and say, okay, it's an easy win. And they're going to have no expectations. People are probably going to predict, especially if they don't make some big offseason moves, that this team could go 0-16 or uh, two wins or less. And to tell you the truth, Jared Goff could have a fantastic year and you could get five wins or six, or you could possibly suck not uh, know that you don't uh, don't want Jared Goff next season and then have the number one pick and take a quarterback next year. Do not take a quarterback. And I'm preaching to the Lions here. Do not take a quarterback in this draft. Okay. See what you have in Jared Goff and then figure out what you need to do next offseason because this season is really just figuring out what you have and how your coach is going to establish a culture come his first year. I kind of want to see an angry Jared Goff because I can only imagine him at his worst (laughs) being mildly irritated. So that'll be fun to watch. I think you could, I think it's safe to say they could really use some help on their front seven. So get talent for those linemen and and get some talent in that linebacking core. Um, And then outside of that, I mean, especially with, with the whole Kenny Galladay situation, you really need a receiver. You really need a receiver. And that, that would be the other thing I'd say. And I agree with Ethan. I mean, you got to give Goff a shot. But I'll say this. I, I can't say I have high hopes for uh, Jared Goff as far as his uh, career in Detroit. But the guy was a pro bowler. Like, I, it, it's not like he's uh, incapable of being a bad, uh, a good quarterback. I mean, he's certainly inconsistent. But like I say, a guy could be at his best when he's pissed off and has and has nothing to prove and no expectations. This guy could ser- you could find a franchise quarterback in this guy, and um, be able to build around him. But like I say, to me, this is all about seeing what you have and then moving on from there, because you really don't know what you have, especially with this first year head coach. All right, let's take a quick break, and we will be. 
right back. Have you ever wondered why everyone and their mother seems like they have a podcast today? Well, it's probably because there's over a million podcasts a day alone, and it continues to grow every single day. And you've probably wondered, how do I start a podcast? And you've probably thought, it's too expensive, I don't have the equipment, it'll be too difficult. I just can't do it. Well, let me tell you, you're wrong. There's a platform called Anchor, and it's the simplest way to make a podcast. And I did some light background research for you. First off, it's free. There's creations tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Go make a podcast. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R.fm to get started. And we're back. First and Moose on United to the Moose, whether you're listening on the air or any podcast platform. Thank you for tuning in to the biggest needs for every NFC team episode. I'm Connor Taylor with me. It's Mark Schoenster and Ethan Collins. Let's move on to the NFC West. A difficult difficult division to say the least. We just talked about the Lions. Let's talk about their team that they traded with, the Rams. Felt like a need was was quarterback. It felt like the time was running out on golf there. They filled that in with Stafford. I mean, I feel like everyone agrees that that's an upgrade. We have to see how it pans out. But what else besides quarterback was it was a need for this squad here? Well, uh, Connor, I'll tell you this. This is uh, there are like four or five teams, maybe, maybe more like four, uh, in the NFL that I look at their rosters and I go, I mean, this seems pretty set. And this is one of those teams. The Rams, top to bottom, they've got just about everything they need. They've got a great O-line. They've got some great receivers that are underrated, in my opinion. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson has proven himself. So maybe you could add another receiver there. But even then, I think they're fine. I, for one, love their running back committee. I think that Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, as well as Malcolm Brown, have all had great games and have shown some great stuff. And I think it fits right into the Sean McVay style. They have a great tight end in Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett. They've got, I mean, their defense was fantastic last season. So for me, the only thing I could see is just bulk up what's important. Like uh, like draft talent in positions that you can't afford getting hurt and being bad. So maybe some offensive line, maybe on the defensive line, maybe a linebacker, wherever you feel that if you got hurt, if, if Aaron Donald, or if Jordan Fuller or if Tyler Higby or Cooper Cup got hurt or like whatever players you think that when they get hurt, you think, oh, shoot, what are we going to do now? Draft those positions because you don't want to miss this shot. You're hedging in the bets right now with Matthew Stafford. So try to make sure and plan ahead for any sort of injuries that may happen this next season. Season, Obviously, they're not going to be clear-cut replacements. Like, if Aaron Donald gets hurt, I doubt you're going to draft another Aaron Donald, but at least draft a defensive tackle that you're comfortable with having in that spot and your defense will still be good. Uh, that's kind of where I think they need to go with this draft class, especially since they don't have a first-round pick. Just draft some players that you think would be quality uh, plug-ins uh, for this team. and 
push for that Super Bowl. I agree, Mark. This is a uh, this is a very good team that could seriously just draft the uh, best available player for all seven rounds and uh, not and not be too far fetched. I think I'm not as big on the running back core as you are. I would personally myself go with a running back in your first pick. Obviously, they don't have a first rounder, so uh, that they should look to address that need. Mainly a pass catching back, you know, somebody that you can dump off uh, passes to. Because I do think the rushing side of things isn't too bad. You can just feed the hot hand. But uh, like I say, uh, I've said this in the AFC episode. This is a running back class that you could go in like the fourth or fifth round, pick up a running back, and he could contribute right away. Cardinals. I kind of thought about the offensive side, and I thought what would be nice for Kyler Murray is to get another reliable target. I mean, they don't really have great running backs. They've got Hopkins, obviously top three wide receiver. Doesn't matter where you rank him. He's in the top three. But he drew 154 targets in his first season last year with the Cardinals, and nobody else on the team drew even within half of that. So I think you need someone to be able to go in there and kind of take some targets away, get a, get a solid number two option. I mean, you got people like Curtis Samuel on the market, Corey Davis on the market. I think either of those people would be reliable and maybe even a tight end. I think just more weapons for Kyler would be a positive. And then there's stuff they can do on the defensive side as well. But I, I want to see them go wide receiver or tight end. Do you not like Christian Kirk? I I don't think he's he's not my guy. I I think Corey Davis or Curtis Samuel would make me a lot happier, and Christian Kirk is like a a number three would be. He would be a very very good number three if you could get like a slot guy. I think that's that's their biggest position of need is a is I guess in fantasy terms a PPR receiver, and it, and it's very true. It, they also. I think need running back as well. This is another team that could also uh, very much use a running back. And I like tight end, but out, but the thing that uh, upsets me about tight end is, is that outside Kyle Pitts, you have a big, big drop off in the tight end quality in this draft. So the thing, it, obviously they're not going to be in a position to probably take Kyle Pitts. If it falls to you, obviously you take it, but it's not going to fall to them. So in that case, I would look in free agency market for a possible tight end. I don't think Dan Arnold's too bad of a, a placeholder for tight end right now. I think there are more pressing needs from tight end. I think number one, they could use some linebacker linebackers because defensively, they weren't great. The addition of JJ Watt really helps this squad. And if you could get another talented then because their secondary has got some talented players in Isaiah Simmons and Buda Baker and uh, Drake or Patrick, who is an older guy, uh, Byron Murphy, you've got some talented guys back there. So give the front seven another talented piece, or I think that wide receiver, because Larry, whether he wants to admit it or not, will retire one day. And I would anticipate it. <laughs> I thought it was this year. I thought it was last year. It's going to happen eventually. And after that, and then once that happens, you're going to need another trusted wide receiving core outside of D hop. Um, like Connor said, he's top three. I think he isn't two or three. So uh, uh, that's my thought on D hop. Um, maybe some interior help uh, on the offensive line. And then I can't say I'm crazy about Kenyon Drake or Chase Edmonds, 
but they'll do for now. But if you find a running back you really like in the draft, maybe you could go that route too instead of wide receiver, just giving Kyler Murray another weapon like y'all both have been saying. Um, but I definitely think that linebacking core is another place they should be looking. I feel like uh, Fitzgerald should just be called a player coach at this point. I mean, he's not really a full player. I feel like he's definitely on, leaning on that coaching side, but I agree. He's He's been around forever, and who knows when he'll retire. 49ers, do you guys – obviously there's needs in other areas, and I want to touch on that as well, but are you believing the rumors, the, the smoke about them not being sold on Jimmy G? 100%. I mean, um, I, I, I'm not sold on Jimmy G. And the, the fact of the matter is, is that he can't stay healthy. And that, that's a big, big, big problem when it comes to your quarterback. Because I, I swear, I've seen the backup quarterback play for the San Francisco 49ers more than I can count. And it's getting kind of annoying. So in, in all honesty, this is a team that I – could see picking a quarterback just to be a backup to Jimmy Garoppolo in case he decides to get injured or come back healthy and not play like he did at the end of the season last year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they offload him in a trade. It It's really up to them on what they want to do. Um, they're in a good position to where they have weapons around Jimmy Garoppolo that they could use and their defense is fantastic. So this will be an interesting offseason for a San Francisco 49ers fan for sure. Yeah, we're really going to see what John Lynch has made of this year. He just got into the Hall of Fame as a player. Maybe maybe what he does this offseason could to add to his legacy as a general manager because, I mean, as far as the Jimmy Garoppolo question goes, I think you can argue either way. I mean, surely he gets hurt a lot, and I think that's the biggest issue with him because, I mean, when he was healthy, they won Super Bowl. And you can argue about his playmaking in the Super Bowl and what he did leading up to the Super Bowl. But the fact of the matter is, if you have a quarterback and you went to the Super Bowl with him, then you've got a successful formula there to work with. And you don't just want to abandon it just because he's not flashy. Joe Flacco won a Super uh, Bowl. Like, come on, people. You can get to a Super Bowl with with an average quarterback. Yeah, exactly. And he's not going to be the guy who's going to ruin games for you. And I'm not going to be quite honest. I don't think Nick Bowens is a bad quarterback either. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily am on that they need to get a quarterback now boat unless they find someone that's right for them. If Trey Lance somehow falls out of the top 10 and is there at number 12 and you really like Trey Lance, then maybe that's then maybe that's the decision to make. But outside of that, when I'm looking at the 49ers, uh, I think they could use some youth in their second old group of guys <laughs> back there. Um, I think that they could use uh, some youth, some energy, um, someone like a young Richard Sherman, just to give them some energy, give them some ferocity again. So then it matches that of their front seven. And then outside of that, um, I, I wrote down maybe a number one receiver or maybe a number one back, but here's the deal. I don't know if that's their MO at all. I think that uh, Kyle Shanahan likes the fact that there isn't a, like, a dedicated number one receiver, paid a number one back. And quite frankly, I think he likes having three of the same wide receiver at, at his disposal because they can all do every other person's role. And you never have an idea of which one's going to run the reverse, which one's going to go deep, which one's going to cut a slant inside. So I don't actually know if that's really what they're looking for. Are they looking for a guy like Kenny Galladay who can just 
body up and, and make the catch uh, no matter what. I think he, I, I think the structure of their team is there. And, and again, I, I've been saying this, uh, I said it throughout the season and I think I said it during the postseason. and I'm going to say it again. Now people forget how good the 49ers are and they're going to bounce back this next season and be really good. And people are going to be like, well, where this come from? And I'm going to say, it's the same team that went to the Super Bowl just a year. Uh, there's just been a year between where they got absolutely bulldozed by poor luck. So uh, I think this team is not very far off uh, and really doesn't have anything pressing uh, as far as needs. And I think depth is a big thing there. This is a team that's on the fringe of being that, ah, oh, they're good, just build depth. Um, I think they need some sort of uh, – of, big piece another big piece to their team that has to be an issue that teams game plan for and i think they should look for that with that 12 never 12 pick i think the secondary is is where i'm leaning it seems like they're gonna let richard sermon walk too. some comments he made it seemed like he thought he would be back and he's he's aging so i understand that he played way better than i expected him to with the 49ers so i think secondary is a great option seahawks obviously there's been tons of chatter around Russell Wilson. I'm not sure if it's just talk radio or what's going on, if there's really anything, or we're just bored in uh, late February, early March right now and want to talk about the Seahawks and Russell Wilson. But I think offensive line is is an area they need, but also that defense, man. I, I think they need help on the linebacking area, front seven, and second. I basically just named the whole defense, but I think the defense needs help. And then off obviously offensive line I think is always a necessity when you have a quarterback like Russell Wilson. Here I'll, I'll, uh, I'll hop on this one. I think that uh, the secondary, this was a team that was, if I remember correctly, second worst in the NFL in passing yards allowed. And Connor, I remember it, I think one of the, uh, the big moments the most condemning moments in the NFL season was on one of our podcasts where you talked about how first quarter up by a touchdown or two, the bills were deciding to continue to throw the ball because it was just working and it was more effective than running it. And I think that was just such a condemning thing uh, to say about the Seahawks defense, how far they've fallen from the Legion of boom. And it's a group that still has Jamal Adams in there, but Jamal Adams is more, I don't know, more of a run stopping safety and a big hit safety than he is like a, a coverage tracker uh, of sorts, like a Harrison Smith. Um, I think they need some help in that secondary. Um, outside of that, you got to help Russell Wilson. The offensive line actually did better than it has almost any year. Or at least PFF seems to think that they had a better year than any other year since Russell Wilson's been there. Um, but you still got to work on that because it's still not very acceptable. And then I just think much like the 49ers, this is a team that just needs another playmaker. You've got a DK Metcalf, a Tyler, a Russell Wilson, and then you've got a bunch of defensive players who are all decent. And then maybe a playmaker in Jamal Adams. He stepped up every now and then last season, but in particular, but maybe it is on offense. You just need another guy to make plays. Um, and I think both sides of the ball. I remember Tyler Lockett even saying that the offense grew stale by the end of the year. If you had another wrinkle in that offense that uh, you could shake things around with, then maybe it doesn't get stale by the time you're in the wild card round and getting smacked around by the Rams at home. NFC 
South. I want to start with the Falcons because I think they're in an interesting situation. I think a need, just a decision they need to make is whether they're sticking with the group they kind of have, Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, or if they're ready to kind of move on and rebuild. Because I think if they decide like this middle ground and don't make a decision to go left or right, they're just going to make this process of coming back longer. And I mean, you could argue maybe it's worth the gamble to see, hey, can these guys still do it under a new head coaching regime? But I'm kind of leaning on that they can't do it under a new head coaching regime. I think there's just some weird curse going on since that Super Bowl thing, and they just need to completely blow it up. But were some needs, some personnel needs you guys believe the the Falcons need? Well, this is an interesting um, team because this – they hired a head coach whose philosophy was to hand it to Derrick Henry and just let him roll. And the Falcons are probably the exact opposite of that. They're, they're a team that likes to throw the ball deep to Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. And they also have a running back like Todd Gurley behind them to uh, occasionally run the ball. Um, you say uh, whether they go left or right, go with a new quarterback or give Matt Ryan a shot. I think you need to give Matt Ryan at least one more year. Try and build up that defense. Try to not let him be in as many shootouts as he was last year. And uh, because this is a team that could easily drop 30 points on you and still lose, which is a very frustrating thing to have. So if they have a defense that could possibly just give up maybe 20 to uh, 24 points a game, they could probably win at least three more games and then maybe be in a wild card uh, potential spot because, but the thing about it is, is is that this is a very tough division because you have two top heavy teams and then you have a middle of the ground road, which I think is the Falcons. And then you have the Panthers who are young and up and coming even on the coaching side. So the Falcons are in a very tough position, but I think they need to give Matt Ryan another shot play on the defensive side, and then maybe if Matt Ryan does not go to expectations this year, think about a quarterback in next year's draft. You know, I mentioned that the Seahawks defense was the second worst pass defense in the NFL. The Falcons are the worst. They are the worst pass defense in the NFL. They allowed the most yards, and they also blew it over and over and over again this past season. It, it It's so frustrating because very pro Falcons – they, they collapse year after year. And so as much as I personally would like to say that something drastic needs to change and maybe this coaching change will be that, um, I do have needs here for should they try to roll with the group they've got and I think help that pass defense. So pass rush, uh, those are the things you really need to work on here. Get some pressure and also have some guys who could – cover wide receivers and don't blow coverages at the wrong times at the worst times, I guess I should say, because it's never a good time to blow a coverage, but at the worst possible times, give your guy mad. Ethan said it's frustrating. It's possible for this team to drop 30 and lose. That's like the Falcons the past three years. That's just been their story ever since they lost the Super Bowl. Brian throws the ball all over creation and then he scores a touchdown with two and a half minutes to go only to watch his defense, let the team get down the field and kick a game winning field goal or something. It, it, they just fix it for peace sake. Panthers. You call them a up and coming team, Ethan. And I believe they are. They have some 
So they went all in last year on resources in the draft on defense. I still think linebackers an area they need to fill in. It's probably one of my bigger areas on defense. I mean, the departure of Luke Keekley obviously would hurt any team out there, but I just don't think they found the, the fill in there. I doubt they'll find another Luke Keekley. I think just a solid middle linebacker is what I want to see them on the defensive side. And then offense, I don't know what they're doing at QB. I thought they were sticking with Teddy to be the bridge, but then discussions, they sounded like they were willing to go all in on quarterbacks. Yeah, it, it's a very interesting dynamic. Um, I'll just, just throw out my personal opinion here. I think you need to pick Kyle Pitts in – your first pick in this draft. He's a franchise tight end that could in a very big position of need, mind you, for this Panthers squad. Like you say, Luke Keekley, he's a very uh, hard, he was a very hard loss this year. You really need a defensive captain that can bark out the signals and, and, and just really be a deep, I guess you could say a defensive quarterback. That's what they really need in that linebacking core. Outside of that, I, like I say, if you find a QB that you like in the later rounds, I say take him. And then if you find out that your season isn't as, it isn't going uh, as well as you thought it would be, then maybe uh, maybe roll with that QB and let Teddy Bridgewater walk. But there are flashes that Teddy Bridgewater can be a franchise quarterback. I don't know if he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I don't even know if he's a playoff winning quarterback. But he's certainly a quarterback that deserves to be uh, starting on a franchise. And I think the Panthers should give him another shot. I think that the Panthers need to be thinking about what their long-term answer at quarterback is. But Teddy Bridgewater is a nice luxury to have because you don't have to figure out that answer on any given year. So if they don't like what's on the table for them, at what is it, number eight, if I remember correctly? Yeah, number eight or in free agency, if they can't offer enough for Deshaun Watson, then you, then you just, you're not even punting the season. You're just, you, you let Teddy take control. Teddy is not just like a, a game manager either. I watched him make some fantastic plays this last season that are competitive quarterback plays. So I just have to, to give up on him after one year. So my thought is think about that. Um, I think tight end uh, Kyle Pitts would be in Carolina. And, and then on top of that, just keep adding to the defensive talent. I loved what they did last year in the draft where it was just hardcore full set. And we're we're going to make over this defense and we're just going to, uh, we're going to make it work. And after drafting like that, they are already middle of the pack uh, defensively when you look at all the stats, which is great after where they were before the draft was. So I think keep adding some talent to the defense. I think uh, some centerpiece would be really nice. And then maybe bolster that offensive line. Uh, there are a couple of players on the offensive line that you might want to keep around. Uh, I think Taylor Monton uh, has been really good the past few years. But outside of that, you could pretty much replace uh, anybody on this. So Kyle Pitts, that also is going to help your protection. Moving on to the Saints. They're one of those teams that, I mean, it's, it's every year they're in, they're in cap, over the cap. Uh, currently on overthecap.com, they're sitting at $17 million over right now. And, I mean, they'll, they'll find a way to get under it. But what are some needs? I mean, they feel like they go in all in every single year. 
And it feels like one of those years again, I'm like, there's no way they do it, but I feel like they're going to surprise us and be like, yeah, we, we somehow add it people. When you look at this team, it's, it's frustrating because you really don't know what kind of positions of need because they, uh, they, especially in the draft, because they seem to really fill those needs in free agency. It, 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 this team doesn't really seem to get younger. They, and they don't rebuild, they just reload. Um, I'm very interested to see what they do in the quarterback position this year, whether they go with Drew Brees one more time, give it one last good, uh, good go, or if they tell him you need to, you need to hang it up and go and put on a headset and go to the broadcast booth and decide to roll with another quarterback and whether that be Jameis Winston or somebody else, it, it's very interesting to see. I really would like to see more of Jameis this year especially with seeing him on a Saints, uh, Saints squad that, uh, that's well-coached and has some decent weapons around him. So uh, it, it, that's just my personal opinion. I think they should go with Jameis and see where it leads them. Other than that, I think they probably need some linebackers. Uh, that, that's maybe a position of need for me as well. And um, they're probably going to need a tight end because uh, they're, uh, they need to pay their tight end this year. And uh, I don't know if they're going to do that. So in which case you could uh, take a tight, another tight end at free agency or go in the draft as well. Yeah. I was thinking maybe tight end, but that's about it. Buccaneers, the final team right now to talk about, and obviously they're super winning champs. So it feels like they don't need a ton. They tagged Chris Godwin signed Levante David. So I, I really lean on that side of, figuring out what they're going to do at edge rusher. Are they going to be able to bring back Shaq Barrett or not? Yeah, Connor. I mean, my goal, this is another one of those teams. That's like the four that really don't need anything. My thought is keep the talent was really what I wrote. Keep the talent. And they seem to be on board with that. Tom Brady already, like we mentioned before, taking uh, cuts to, uh, to make it work. Other players already showing a, a want to stick around and outside of that, just because you know how important he is to the team, just back up the O-line. Make sure that you have a stout offensive line with depth that happens if players get hurt. You have other talent that can slip right in and make sure that Tom Brady does not get pressured because the moment Tom Brady gets pressured, there's there's issues skiing him getting hurt. He's an old man. Right? And so just make sure that your, your captain, your leader doesn't get hurt and then try to maintain all the other talent because this team is fully loaded, ready to go, ready to make another terrifying run to the Super Bowl this next season. Yeah, they, they can definitely run it back. Uh, it, just add depth and pick the best available player. I mean, you really don't have any positions of need because everything is ready to go. So uh, just, just add whatever you need to. In all honesty, they could forfeit away all of their picks and just go in free agency and keep, and, uh, keep, keep the players that they have and they'd be perfectly fine. Well, that's going to wrap it up for first and most biggest needs for every NFC team heading into the off season. I'm Connor Taylor with me, Mark Schoenster and Ethan Collins. Thank you for listening, whether in the air or any podcast platform.